I need to encourage you that I believe this is a, a timely message, that this message is a message for us today where we find ourselves. Many of you have felt like you're on the roller coaster. You have highs and lows, and this might be a morning where you're feeling a little low. Maybe you've watched enough news this week that it's consumed you. Maybe you've started to forecast in your mind, if only this would equal this, then we'll be okay. And so this morning, I want to encourage you in a real tangible way. I know many of you are holding your phones right now just to to flip them upside down, just put them down and listen to what I believe God wants to speak to all of us. Do you remember what we talked about last week? We, We talked about this statement that people believe that it doesn't really matter what you believe, that you're just sincere in in some belief. And we talked through that and we talked about the key for us is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I love what I wrote down in my notes. I, I was going to say this statement, when we look at Jesus, our lives are changed, but my notes say our lives are charged, so maybe that is relevant for us too. In this series, after today, we're going to talk about two more directions, two more lies, two more different belief systems that the world's kind of pushed on us, and we start to assume that they're true. Trent next week is going to talk about this simple statement that people say this to us, God will never give you more than you can handle. The Bible just doesn't say that. In a couple weeks, Trent will end this sermon series with a a very dangerous cultural lie, one that many of us that are watching this morning would, would go, that's exactly a lie that I've believed, that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone else. Really doesn't matter. If you don't really affect anybody outside of your home. Today we're going to talk about what I believe might be the most popular misbelief about God. And it's simply this, that God's job is to make us happy. That God wants us above all else to just be happy. God wants good things to happen in our life. God wants nothing bad ever to happen in our lives. Because the bottom line is simply that God wants us to be really happy. You know, that's one of the biggest cultural mistakes that, that you and I can make is just this belief that God's job is to make us happy. If you believe that, it actually sends you down a quick path that's littered with all kinds of other misbeliefs. Let me show you what I want to call this simply manufactured theology of, of happiness. That we've, we've kind of had a theology, but we've added all kinds of pieces to it, thinking that we can just manufacture our own happiness, our own theology, and it kind of fits. And it fits when everything's good. It fits when a coronavirus hasn't taken hold of our lives like it has in, in the world. If you believe that, that God wants you to be happy above all else, then whatever makes me happy must be God's will. It must be what's right. 
and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. We start to believe that discomfort or delay, risk, suffering, inconveniences, obstacles, those can't be possibly God's will. In other words, if something isn't going right, then this must not be that God is working in my life. And what happens is I begin to believe some, some false gods of comfort, of money, of pleasure, of attainable things that I can just keep grabbing. We have to understand this simple statement that God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve God. If God is there to make me happy, then suddenly we simply reduce the, the great creator, the sustainer of the universe, the holy one, down to a vending machine that you might see in a school. Basically, if I put my money in and I press the button, I've done my part. And contractually, the machine or God needs to do his part and give me exactly what I asked for. We reduce God down to some kind of formula. God said, God, I said my prayers. I went to church. I tried to do good things. I tried not to do bad things. I gave a little money in the offering. I helped that old lady cross the street. I didn't hit my neighbor's cat that I wanted to. I've done all kinds of good things. God, my headaches should go away. That girl that I want to should go out with me. God, I should get the job. God, I should get that dream house because, God, I've put the money in. I've pressed the button. Therefore, God, you should do exactly what I want you to do. Here's the tragedy of, of that misbelief before we unpack it. So many people, and you might know people that are in your family or your friends, so many people have simply walked away from God because of wrong beliefs. They'll say things like this, and you've heard them. I've tried church. It didn't make me any happier. I tried religion. It didn't work. I tried the God thing. I even read my Bible for a while, and I still have cancer. My kids are, are still rebellious kids. God, I'm not any better off financially. I tried religion, and it just didn't work. If you believe that God exists to make you happy, then when you're not happy, it forces you to believe that God failed. But God didn't fail. I do believe that, that God wants and is concerned and delights in your happiness. That when you're happy, I believe it brings joy to God, just like a parent who is watching their son or daughter play on a soccer field. Many of us want to treat God like, Hey, you should be happy for us, no matter what. I'm going to argue with all my heart over the next few minutes that this is a lie that, unfortunately, the majority of us have started to believe. I, I want you to hear this statement. That God does not want us to, to pursue happiness. God wants us to pursue Him. God doesn't want us to pursue happiness. God wants us to pursue Him. 
So I'm going to work hard to dispel those lies that we've kind of started to build, almost like a Lego set, where we started to build on to these things, going, God, just give me these things, and I'll serve you. God, if you just do this for me, I'll serve you. And then we look at our world today, and we suddenly ask ourselves, God, where are you in all this mess? So there's two simple points. Here's, here's the very first point today. God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do the the wrong thing or an unwise thing. Scripture is pretty pretty clear in this. It teaches us this, and it's found in 1 Peter 1.15. Scripture teaches us to, to be holy. But just as he who called you is holy, then live out that holiness. It doesn't say... Just as he who called you to be happy, be happy in all you do. It says, for you that God is called to be holy, be holy and set yourself apart from others. Yet, when we believe above all else that God exists to make me happy, I start doing or I end up doing bad things or unwise things in the pursuit of happiness. God's highest calling is not your happiness. Be holy in all you do. Yet so many of us, when we wrongly believe that above all else, God's job is to make me holy, then my belief system, my values, what I start to do equates to that simple belief that I I need to be happy. That's what God wants for me. So think of it like this, and this is probably practical for us in this season. You bake a cake. You decide that you're going to eat the whole cake. Notice I didn't say a piece of cake. You're going to eat the entire cake. It might make you happy to have the whole cake at at one moment. The unfortunate is the after effects. You hate your job. You can't stand your job. Maybe you have kids at home. You really need a job, but boy, would it make you happy to go and tell your boss that you're done. So you quit your job. You don't have another job. You just quit your job because you're unhappy. Now, for me personally, I might be stuck with the, have you thought through this? But for you, you've quit your job. You go and justify doing something that you haven't thought through because it made you happy. My spouse isn't meeting my needs. I've got needs. I'm just going to look at this stuff over here. I know some people think it's wrong, but you know what? They're not like me. They're not happy. So I need to do this to make me happier. You know, I need to meet my needs, and God wants me to be happy. The list goes on and on and on. Our entertainment. Think about this for a second. So many of us, we go to movies, we watch movies, we're entertained by things that we probably shouldn't watch. But it's funny. You know, there's probably nothing wrong with it because it's funny. Funny doesn't make it wrong, does it? If you're a follower of Jesus... You have to understand this simple phrase that we started with from 1 Peter 1.15. Remember, just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. 
Well, here's the second lie that, that we start to convince ourselves with. God doesn't want you happy when it's based on things of this world. God doesn't want you happy when we just have it based on things that we see in this world. If you watch secular advertising, it's, it's stunning, it's unbelievable what you need to be happy. In one late night sitting, when I was young, watching TV, I learned that there was something that I needed to be happy. And it was called the putoscope. I needed it. It would help my golf game. So I got on the phone, I called, it got delivered to me. It wasn't anything like they had advertised on TV. It didn't help my putting game. It fell off my putter all the time. But the formula that culture tells us is simply this. If I have better possessions, if I have newer stuff, if it's faster, if it's shinier, if it's bigger, whatever it is, plus... If I have peaceful circumstances, if I have the perfect vacation, if I don't have any conflict in any of my life, if I have a lot of fun, if there's a big hit to it, if there's a big thrill, if I have the right relationship, if I'm not right, then I'll trade you in for someone newer, younger. Maybe I need the perfect appearance, so I'll tuck it, I'll lift it, I'll puff it, I'll smooth it, I'll shave it. You know what, if I have all of these possessions then it'll make me happy. The problem is that all of those things are just based on happenings. Happenings change. That's why no one is happy 100% of the time. It's just counterfeit. They're not the real thing. Let's just be brutally honest for a second here. This is what's happening to us right now in our world. The vacation's gone. We feel like summer is almost gone. School is gone. Coffee time with the ladies is gone. The things that we thought would bring us happiness are gone. And so we're looking at our family and we're saying, do these people bring me joy? Let me paint another picture for you. It's, it's like when I go to the grocery store. Michelle sends me with the list. Let's be honest, anytime a man goes to the grocery store, there's two simple rules. The first rule is you have to get the wrong thing. It's what we do. And then the second rule is you have to get something that wasn't on the shopping list because we're hunters and that's what we do. It's that shiny piece of tinfoil over there that we saw. This is exactly what the world does. If you get this, if you buy this, if you have this, if you trade this in, if you get this, then you're going to be happy. And then you suddenly realize, I'm not happy. Because God doesn't want you to be happy when it's only based on things in the world. That's why he says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Don't love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Now, just pause for a second. If that doesn't convict us, then I'm not sure what would convict us. Let's read it again. For everything in the world, 
The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away. They're gone, but whoever does the will of the Father lives forever. God doesn't want you to be happy when it just factors in on things of this world. Remember, God's highest calling for you is not your happiness. Because I'm going to argue with all my heart that God doesn't want you to be happy as much as God wants you to be blessed. God has something far beyond your happiness. He wants you to be blessed. You see, happiness is based on on happenings, on circumstances. The blessed life is is based on God's goodness and God's presence in your life. In fact, the, the Greek word that's translated as the word blessed is the word mer, uh, makeros, makeros. It means this, that we're supremely blessed. Or it can be literally translated into the English as more than happy. God wants you blessed. God wants you more than happy. You see, the the problem is this. God wants you blessed. And we think that means God wants to give me money. God wants me to have perfect health. But that's not what the blessed life is. When God wants you blessed, it won't mean that you will never have a bad day. It doesn't mean that your kids won't fight. It doesn't mean that your car won't break down. It doesn't mean that you won't get a pimple before the big day. Those things happen. But what it does mean is that you will experience the goodness of God in the middle of some of life's hardest difficulties. Your happiness and your blessing are not based on a perfect, pain-free life. God never promises that. In fact, Jesus said this in John 16, 33, In this world, you will have trouble. But then look at the promise. But take heart. I have overcome the world. The problem is that you and I are looking for this pain-free, perfect life. And if we don't get it, we start to blame God. Because we live in this world where we think God's the dispenser of all the good things in my life. Just because we're blessed doesn't mean that you and I are going to be free from trials. It doesn't mean that we're going to feel weak. It doesn't mean we're not going to feel weak. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be storms in our life. Doesn't that feel like the world that we're living in right now? In the middle of the storm today, you and I could have blessing. Well, what is that blessing? It's the supernatural peace of God that goes beyond our human ability to ever understand or even comprehend. And then it goes on to tell us that that peace will guard our heart and mind and our soul in Christ Jesus. Even today, All of us are in the middle of a storm. And in a moment, God's peace can enter into our hearts and can move us. And suddenly we can recognize him 
recognize and say, I trust him even in the midst of the storm. The blessed life really is, is Jesus in the boat with the disciples. Storms were raging, and what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. There's great peace in the storm. You and I are like the disciples in that story in Mark chapter 4 who proclaimed, Teacher, Jesus, don't you care? You can be in the middle of a trial. You would never ever choose what you're going through right now. You feel like you don't even have what it takes to carry on. But for some reason, when you consider your life blessed, and when you are in the presence of God, you have joy unspeakable. That's what the Bible calls it. It's that joy that wells up from deep inside. People look at you and say, how do you have something like that? Your only response is that it comes from God. I love the, the James 1 passage of Scripture where it says that, you know what, if we can rejoice in our sufferings, because it develops perseverance, and once perseverance finishes its work, then we'll be mature and complete in Christ. We don't lack anything. You've been through enough trials. I get that. I would never choose some of the trials that I've been through. But I do know, just like James 1, that as perseverance finished its work, it's allowed me to understand the blessed life more. When I walk through this, suddenly God became more real. God became more faithful. The goodness of God became something that wasn't just a phrase that I read or heard in Sunday school, but became a reality. It's the blessings of God. In fact, Psalm 37, verse 4, David proclaimed this. He said, we're to delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight in the Lord. I love that word. It comes from a Hebrew word. The word is anog. This word means delight. It means joy. It carries the idea of being made soft and pliable. In other words, as we seek God, as we enjoy God, as we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, then everything will be added to us. As we pursue God, as we make Him the object of our affection, we're not pursuing happiness, we're pursuing God. And suddenly we enjoy His presence. Well, what does God do when we're in his presence? He gives us his desires. But our desires have become his desires. Then we pray according to his will, and he gives us what we pray for. These are the words for us today, especially in the midst of this pandemic. Friends, suddenly you and I are enjoying God. I'm soft and I'm pliable. I'm being conformed to his image. He's giving me my desires. I'm not praying my will, but I'm praying his will. Suddenly I'm realizing that I'm living a blessed life. Not a perfect life. Not a pain-free life. 
but something that's way deeper than happiness. It's joy unspeakable. It's peace. It's his supernatural strength when I just can't carry on. Max Lucado, a famous author, many of us have read him, told this story. He basically said, if you took a fish out of water and put it on a beach, would the fish be happy? Well, take a fish down to the water, put him on the beach. Is the fish happy? No, because there's no water. Well, let's say if we give the fish a big wad of cash, we give them $100,000, is the fish happy? No. What if we gave the fish a nice beach chair and a nice drink? Is the fish happy? No. Because the fish was not created for the sand. The fish was created for the ocean. If you have everything that the world has to offer, will you forever be happy? The answer is no. Because you were not created for the earth. You see, you were created for heaven. You were created for eternity. This earth is just a small blip. You were here for a little while and then you're gone. You were created to glorify the God of the universe. He is not here to serve you and me. We are here, here to serve Him. Therefore, I want to encourage you with something this week. Lower your expectations. So you have no new car, you have no new house, you have no new job, no new person is ever going to satisfy the cravings of your heart. Because inside your heart, you have a Christ-shaped hole. In this pandemic, I want you to work through this. I want you to keep saying these things in your heart and mind throughout the day. God, I belong to you. God, I need you to lead me. God, take me. God, my gifts are yours. My heart is yours. My passions are yours. God, my life is yours. God, help me walk by faith and not by sight. Give me the words, your words, to make a difference today. God, my hands are your hands. Use them. God, my feet are your feet. Use them. My mouth is your mouth, God. Use it. God, give me the words to be a blessing to this world. Suddenly, we take our perspective away from my happiness to what God sees. You see, I, I start delighting myself in, in the Lord. And if I give Him the desires of my heart, and His desires are my desires, and I'm praying, I start to realize that I'm living a blessed life doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean it's pain-free. But it's blessed by being in the presence of God. I love this from Psalm 97, verse 12. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise His holy name. Let me put a spin on that. Let me actually read it out of the message where it says this, So God's people shout praises for God. Give thanks to our holy God. Happiness is never going to be found in the happenings that are found here in this world. Happiness is only found in, in Jesus. It's deeper than happiness. It's blessing. It's joy unspeakable. It's peace. It's his power. 
It's his presence. It's his eternal calling. As the worship team starts to make their way up, I want to encourage you with this. Lower your expectations of earth. You weren't created for earth. You were created for heaven. God has something far better for you. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you more than happy. God wants you to tap into his goodness. That no matter what and in everything, even in the midst of COVID-19, God is working together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his name. Let's pray. God, thank you that you delight yourself in us. That our calling is not simply just to be happy here on earth, but our calling is deeper than that. God, may this week be a week where we find joy in the midst of a storm. God, may you stir in our hearts that our eyes need to be fixed on you, not on the things that we're missing out on. Lord, we love and adore you. You're a great God. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. What a great way to to end our service. I want to challenge you with something this week. You've seen the, the prayer text line number come up on the screen at different points. You maybe even received a text this morning. What I want you to do is, this week, I want you to text us a story of where you've seen joy enter into your life where you didn't expect it. And I I want you to, to do that so that together as a large community, we can go, all right, we're in this. Just like Jesus, when he was going Uh, in those last days, and he knew the cross was before him. There wasn't great happiness that came with that. There was great joy and blessing, realizing that he had come to do what his father sent him to do. Let me read you these final words again. As you wrestle through this this week, may you close your eyes, just hear these words. God, I want you to, to work with me on this. God, I belong to you. God, I need you to lead me. God, I need you to guide me. God, take me. God, my gifts are yours. My heart is yours, God. God, take my passion. My life is yours. God, help me walk by faith this week and not by sight. Give me the words to say to make a difference. God, my hands are your hands. Use them. My feet are your feet. Use them. My mouth is your mouth, God. God, give me the words to be a blessing in this world. God, may that be so. We love and adore you. Thank you for being a God who calls us to delight ourselves in him. Thank you for not being a vending machine that we just press a button and get what we want. We know that, that you call us to this blessed life. This life that has joy unspeakable. This life that that has things in it that we could never even imagine. God, for some of my friends, they're in the midst of great pain. God, may you give them glimmers of joy this week. And God, we love and adore you. Thank you for being a God who lavishes his love on his children. We ask all this in your name. Amen.